Hello, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. I want to say a quick thank you to those of you who have left ratings and reviews over the last few weeks. It lets me know that you appreciate the content, and even more importantly, ratings and reviews help raise our profile in the search engines, and that helps others find the podcast. So I definitely appreciate it when you take the time to do that. I'm so pleased today to bring you a conversation with my friend Michelle Moore. If you're a longtime listener, you may remember when Michelle and her husband Michael were my guests and they shared the story of their son Joshua. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes in case you'd like to go back and listen to it. Michelle is a wife, a mother, a brand new grandmother, a teacher, and a newly published author. Any of you teachers who may be listening know how common acronyms are in the field of education. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, Michelle did a very teachery thing and created an acronym using the word FORWARD that I really wanted her to share with you all today. So much practical advice for grievers all packed into this one concept, and that's what we'll be discussing in today's episode. As I mentioned, Michelle is also the author of a brand new Bible study that I think you might enjoy learning more about, so be sure and come back next week to hear all about that. For now, sit back and enjoy our conversation about moving forward. Hi, Michelle. I'm so glad you could join me today as my very first repeat podcast guest. Oh, hi. I did not know I was the first repeat. That's right. That's right. You and your husband, Michael, joined me on episode number 12, way back in September of 2020, when I was first starting to learn this whole podcasting thing. Uh, Not that I've got it completely figured out yet, but I'm I'm learning. But you are one of those very first episodes very early on. And uh, so I appreciate you coming back and uh, joining me again. It is a pleasure. Good. Uh, So for those who are not familiar with your story, would you just take a few moments and just share a little bit about Joshua? Oh, you bet. Um, He is one of of my favorite topics. Joshua was um, 16 years old when he ran ahead to heaven. He was an avid runner and uh, totally devoted to Jesus. He lived to go to heaven his whole life. And on October 29th of 2013, he he went out for a run and collapsed on the side of the road due to a heart condition that we did know about, although he was cleared to run and swim. And uh, three days later, we said, see you later, and sent him ahead of us. And we have missed him every day since then. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you say you you told him, see you later. See you later, kiddo. That's right. That's right. Because you will see him later. And that's a wonderful promise that we share. So there are a couple of reasons I wanted to have you come back as a guest on the podcast. One is because of this wonderful little acronym that you've come up with uh, using the word forward. And the other is because you have written a wonderful Bible study that I'd love to share with our listeners. So I'd like to spend some time talking about both of those things today, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Good. So one of the most hurtful things that can be said to a bereaved parent is, don't you think it's time you moved on? 
(laughs) And even if it isn't directly said out loud, it can so often be implied. You know, people will tolerate our grief for a while, but then you can tell they just really feel that we should move on. Why is that idea so hurtful? And what is the alternative to moving on that you propose? For me, one of the reasons that it's so hurtful is that it implies Joshua didn't exist. Like I should just get past it and be over it and not talk about him anymore. And I don't know very many people in the world who do not want to talk about their children. Right. The hard part for grieving parents is that we don't have new memories to make. All we have are the same old stories that we want to keep sharing because they keep our children alive. I think the reason that people want us to move on is because it hurts them to see us hurting and it makes everybody feel better when we're better. Right. But the reality of life is that I will never be the same person that I was on October 28th of 2013. I will never be that person again because all of the expectations that I had for the future are different. We had the expectation of watching Joshua graduate from high school. That didn't happen. We had the expectation of watching him go to college, fall in love, get married, have children, and we won't have those. So even though he's not here, every new thing that happens to us is a reminder that he is just not here with us. So when our daughter graduated from high school, her brother wasn't here. And when she got married, he's not here. And most recently, she had her first baby. And for us, it's a reminder that Uncle Joshua will, who was going to be the coolest uncle ever, absolutely, is not here to enjoy that. And I, I think that's what makes the idea of moving on so hard. Yes. Absolutely. I feel the same way. And I I think, you know, people that have not lost a child think of child loss as a one-time event. It happens. Mm -hmm. It's over. But for those of us who have lost a child, it's an ongoing loss at every new milestone, at every new family gathering, at every holiday. Mm -hmm. It's yet another loss. And so we don't move on, do we? Mm -mm. Anytime we're together with family and somebody says, let's take pictures. Yes. It's another reminder of there's a person who is not in this photo. Right. That I anticipated would be here. Yeah. And that's hard because the other people who are at that family gathering, for the most part, aren't even thinking about that. But for us, it's the most glaring part of the whole process of picture taking is that person who's not there. It is. It is. And they'll say, let's get all of the whatever, all All the the cousins, all the cousins, all the grandkids. And my heart is screaming, you can't get them all. One isn't here. Right. Right. Exactly. So if we can't move on and we don't move on, there is another option, and that is to move forward. Yes. Talk about that. I think we can move forward and carry our grief with us in a very healthy way. I think we can, much like the premise behind while we're waiting, we can continue to live well with something that 
really identifies who we are. I have always been an acronym person. Like it's just how I've learned things. And so I had heard somewhere about the idea of moving forward, which is great, but I needed it to mean something. Right. What does that mean to move forward? What does it look like? So I sat down and started thinking about what I thought that should look like in my life. And um, I can take you through the whole acronym if you'd like. I would love that. I think that okay. would be a great thing for our listeners. Uh, so I, we start with F, and I think probably the hardest and the most important thing we have to do is fight. And we're fighting ourselves. Grief is a very lonely journey. We have to walk it for ourselves. People can walk with us. They can't grieve for us. We have to fight the urge to, to stay in the bed and pull the covers over our head and never come out into society again. And it is a, it's a big fight because Satan would say, oh, it's okay, just hang out in bed and just be depressed all the time, but it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Now, it is okay to vacation there. Yes. My husband and I schedule time to mope especially on Joshua's birthday or especially on the the day that he ran ahead to heaven, we set aside time to be sad Yes, because it's healthy to wrap ourselves in that sadness and cry out to God. There are times, though, that we have to fight that urge to live in that sadness. We have to get up. We have to do something that we enjoy doing and get ourselves out of the bed. I've included a scripture for each one of these, although I do not have them written down. Uh, The scripture that you have associated with the fight is Philippians 3.14, which says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Yes, I love that idea of pressing on, striving for something different. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, for some days fighting may just look like getting up and taking a shower. Yes. And that may be your fight for that day. Absolutely. Um, On another day, the fight may be actually getting up and and going to coffee with a friend. And that may be a fight for that day. It can look different every day. It does. And we know, if I'm honest with myself, I know the days that fighting just means getting that shower. And I know the days of fighting when I really need to get up and go to work. Like, I, I know the difference if I can just be honest with myself about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. All right, so what about O? Oh, open your eyes, especially to God's goodness. He has done so much for us, and it is all around us. I know that sometimes when I get wrapped up in negativity, that's all I see, And so I have to force myself to look for the blessings that God has given me. And so one of the things that I started doing was keeping a gratitude journal. And I would just write down things that I was grateful for. And I remember the day that I was driving down the interstate and I was headed south and the northbound traffic was backed up for miles. And in my gratitude journal that night, I wrote, I was so grateful to not be in the northbound lane. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of the interstate. And uh-huh. and some days that's what we're grateful for. Right. 
And, and some days we're grateful for the birds that are singing. And some days we're grateful for the giggles of our children, our grandchildren that are still here with us. Um, there are so many blessings that God lavishes on us every day. It's easy to miss them if we don't open our eyes and look for them. Yeah. Well, I think that's great advice. The scripture you have with that one is Ephesians one eighteen, and it says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. I love that, that passage, especially if we ask. I think God answers, God always answers our prayers. And I think especially if we're asking to have our eyes opened, He is going to answer that. Yeah. When I love it says that your eyes of your heart will be enlightened, that you may know the hope. Mm-hmm. So when we see, when we see God's goodness and when we start looking for those blessings, that helps us find that hope. It does. And we usually see so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. What about R? Oh, rest. Grief is hard. Grief fatigue is a real thing. I remember days that I felt like I had 50 pound weights on each arm and each leg. And by the time I was dressed and ready to leave for school, I was so exhausted because every little decision becomes so much bigger. Before Joshua died, I could maintain our schedules in my head without a calendar I knew who had to be where and at what time I could keep up with dental appointments and and cross country meets and volleyball matches and like I could keep up all the things. After Joshua died, every decision became this thing that took so much effort and energy that I could not make extra decisions. Yeah. I could only do the bare minimum to get by. So I think rest is is hard, not just for the body, but also for the mind. And I love the story of Elijah under the broom tree. I mean, he's struggling. He is struggling. And God says, here, take a nap. Yeah, exactly. And I think we can learn so much from that. Exactly. Yeah, very good. Rest was really hard for me also after Hannah died. Um, our stories are a little different in that she had cancer and was sick for a year before she went to heaven. And so th- I had a lot of sleepless nights with her either at the hospital or just monitoring what was going on with her at home. And it was very, very hard for me to sleep after she went to heaven. And, you know, sometimes we can't sleep at night, but if we can try to rest at some point during the day, easier said than done with if you have children at home or if you have a job, that kind of thing. But rest doesn't always necessarily mean sleep either. No. And rest doesn't equate to lazy. Exactly. And I, I think we often forget that on the seventh day, God rested. Yes. I mean, he set the example for us. Yeah. Yeah. There are times we just need it. Yes, that's right. All right. So we've gotten through F-O-R. How about mm-hmm. W? Um, W is hard. So I picked the word wellness um, because it speaks a little bit to our physical bodies. And I think it's important to watch what we eat and drink. Um, If you've attended Grief Share, they um, talk about the importance of diet, exercise, not diet in the sense of taking a diet, but what you eat. Yes. Exercise, 
drinking a lot of water. I, they have an acronym for it. And I think our bodies are, taking care of our bodies is also really important. Staying hydrated is a game changer. It is amazing how much dehydration can negatively affect the body and also change your emotional state. So things just like drinking plenty of water throughout the day and eating small snacks, even if you're not hungry, our body still needs fuel. So we kept a lot of small snacks around granola bars, animal crackers. I mean, whatever it is that you can munch on. Mm -hmm. And if we go back to Elijah, he rested under that broom tree and the angel of the Lord appeared and said, here's some water and a cake. Yeah. Taking care of our physical bodies is huge. Yes. Yes. And as I think maybe moms particularly, you know, we spend so much time caring for everyone else that we are probably more likely to neglect ourselves. And um, so that's something we have to be aware of is the importance of wellness. And if we go back to the decision-making, I couldn't decide what to make for dinner. I couldn't decide what I needed from the grocery store. And and I, I get granola bars aren't always that healthy and, and quick snacks aren't always that healthy. So we, we tried to find things fruit, something small that just gives your body some kind of nutrients. Yes. Yeah, I think that's great advice. All right, so the A stands for activity. activity. Mm-hmm. Got to get moving. Yeah. Um, 10 minutes. 10 minutes outside taking a walk is all it takes. I mean, I don't, I don't think we need to plan to run a marathon or run for days, but just get the body up and get it moving. Walking around outside, um, walking on a, a treadmill. I prefer outside as long as it's not 30 degrees. Mm-hmm. But getting some sunshine and some fresh air is really good for the body as well. Makes a difference. Yeah, I think so too. And I think exercise for me made a big difference um, after Hannah went to heaven. I've never been that much of an exercise person, but I started walking on a treadmill after she died. I didn't have, we didn't live in a place where I could easily walk outdoors for any distance. But getting on that treadmill every day and getting that exercise, and I'm a person who reads while they walk on the treadmill. Not everyone can do that, but I do. And I read some wonderful books during that time. And um, it was just really, really beneficial to me. So I think that activity advice is very good. There are some people who probably think I'm nuts. I started running consistently after Joshua died. Yeah. For me, it was something that he enjoyed doing, and I wanted to be able to run to the place where he met Jesus. That was my goal when I started running, because he he left our house, and he had run two and a half miles out and was on his way back home. I wanted to be able to go there and stand there, because that's the day that he got his reward for the life that he had lived. And so I started running. And what I learned was that it was a lot of good prayer time for me, and it gave me the opportunity to untangle some knots in my head, to just let my brain do the thinking that it needed to do while my feet just kept moving forward. They just one foot in front of the other, and it it became a, a very therapeutic thing for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the scripture that you found to go with that one is 1 Timothy 4, 8. That says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Kind of an interesting choice, <laughs> um, but it says it is of some value. Yes. And so that's why I put it there. Exactly. Not the ultimate value, but it is nope. of some value. So, it is of some value. Yeah, absolutely. Had to be a little creative coming up with some of this stuff, right? Sometimes. <laughs> All right. The R, the second R in forward stands for reach out. Talk about that. Yes, it's actually twofold. I believe there are times when we need to reach out for help. We need to reach out to find somebody to walk with us. We need to reach out to get professional counseling. We need to reach out to someone who has walked this journey ahead of us and can give us wisdom. And there are times that we need to reach out and help someone else. Yes. I know that sometimes when I am struggling, when I'm really down, if I do something for somebody else, it boosts my emotions. It lifts my spirits. And so reach out can kind of be twofold depending on where someone is at in their grief journey. One of the things that we would do on um, the the day that Joshua ran ahead to heaven is we would go out and do random acts of kindness. Yes. And it helped because it took the focus off our sadness and put that focus in a place where maybe we could encourage and uplift someone else. Yeah, I love that. First Thessalonians 5.11 talks about that. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. There's a reason that we are called to encourage others. God knew what it would do for us as well. Yes, absolutely. All right, there's one more letter in the word one forward, more. and that yes. is the letter D. Talk about D. Dive into God's word. There is no one that can help us in our grief better than God. He understands our grief. There is nothing that is more important than seeking him not just in his word and in prayer. God is our ultimate comforter. And I think one of the things that I love about our Heavenly Father is that he doesn't just expect us to figure out things on our own. He has walked this journey. I mean, he watched his son die on the cross. He was separated from his son because of our sin. And so he doesn't just wish us the best of luck in life. He provides us with scripture that is healing and helpful and encouraging. He is not going to leave us or forsake us. I don't believe for a minute that God caused Joshua's death. I do believe he has walked with me every step of the way. And he has hurt as much as I have hurt. I know that his word is full of scriptures that will protect my heart from the lies that Satan may whisper that will guide me as I try to live better, even through the pain. And I think getting into God's word is one of the best things that we can do for ourselves as we grieve. Mm, yes, I agree. The scripture that you have with the letter D is Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, which says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God may not answer 
all of my requests the way that I ask for them. He will always provide, though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, if I had it my way, Joshua would still be here. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Hannah yeah. would still be here. And, you know, they might be together. They might have met. And, you know, who knows what would have happened if Hannah and Joshua were both still here. <laughs> right? I think we would both be okay with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Pick your in-laws. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you have one other scripture on here, which is Psalm 139.5. And I love this. It says, you hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. And that's such a comforting verse as we think about moving forward, that he is with us. He's ahead of us. He's behind us. He's got his hand on top of us. We can't get away from him. I love that visual of him hemming me in. Yes. That idea that he has been with me from the beginning, and he's already in the future. Yes. I love this acronym of FORWARD because obviously we hate that idea of moving on. That seems to be the more common concept that people have. But I love the idea of moving forward and for the reasons that we've talked about, then also because, you know, Hannah's ahead of me. She's not behind me. So as I move forward... I'm moving closer to her. I'm not leaving her behind. Like it seems like if I think about moving on, as I move forward, I'm moving towards her. So I love that concept. And same thing with Joshua. We're moving towards him and seeing him again one day. Yes. That concludes the first half of my conversation with Michelle Moore. Maybe you don't feel quite at a place in your grief where you can implement all the parts of the FORWARD acronym, but hopefully you can pick out one or two of these things to begin to build on. Be sure to come back next week to hear about Michelle's new Bible study built around the theme of running the race. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to sharing the rest of our chat with you next Wednesday.